Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace and Movement. I'm Simone de Rochefort, video producer at Polygon.com. I'm joined tonight by Christina Warren, senior writer at Gizmodo, and Georgia Dow, host of the Disruption Podcast. And because it is episode 100, we decided to bring on one very, very special guest, Brianna Wu, head of development at Giant Space Cat. She is here so quietly to talk about things. That's right. I'm I'm here against doctor's advice today. I'm not oh, supposed to be speaking, but I'm going to push through it because I cannot miss episode 100. So mm-hmm. here I am. Let's do this thing. Yeah, I actually had oh to fight God. 100 doctors to get Brie on this show. They That number exactly. They were like, we can't let her do it. We can't let her do it. And I was like, <laughs> I demand Brianna oh, Wu. And hashtag I demand Brianna Wu was yeah. trending on Twitter. Like It was incredible. Tears streamed down my face. Just nobody tell. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just gonna. I was gonna be like sentimental for a second. I was just gonna say that I, I, when, when, when Bree approached me about doing this show more than a hundred weeks ago, I never thought that a the show would be amazing. That that would be this good. Um, B that that I would have met someone as great as you, Simone, and and really got to know how amazing Bree is, and and see like that like we would even make it a hundred shows. I I'm I'm really touched and excited, and I'm so glad that Bree is able to join us. Oh. I'll tell you my story, which is that I was in the shower today, thinking, oh my god, one hundred episodes, that's amazing. But it's so we're so far from our two year anniversary. That's weird because obviously there are three hundred sixty five days in a year, so we need like six hundred episodes to get to our our two year anniversary, and then. <laughs> I kicked myself in the face because I'm an idiot and there are 52 weeks in a year. So we're actually really close to our two-year anniversary, <laughs> guys. I, know, I, was trying to, I was trying to follow the math and I'm like, I don't I know, my too. math is probably really bad then because I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there. this is so funny that we're at episode 100, but we've only been doing this a year, barely a year. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, was, I was like, I was like, I was like, we're so far from two years. I was like, don't you mean a month? Because <laughs> in a month it'll be. Oh man. Uh, anyway, I echo the the more eloquent sentiments of Christina Warren, who said a good thing. No, there. this is. I am. I am so proud to do this show with you guys, and I just, you know. I, I never, I, I knew that doing a show with you, Christina, was going to be awesome. Simone, you have, like, you are the heart of this show. You, you are. are the mayonnaise of oh. Rocket. Like, oh, dear. <laughs> you know, you, a sandwich doesn't work without the mayonnaise in it. Oh, and no, that's, a sandwich that's can go you. bad with mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. No, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. That Georgia, the tastier. How, is it, how 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 sentimental do you feel about being Rocket episode one hundred today? I'm, I'm really excited. I'm actually really excited to be to be having you here. I'm was like I'm in sh- total shock because I've been going through a little bit of Brie withdrawal, and so this is absolutely amazing. And congratulations on a hundred shows. That's phenomenal. So it's really exciting. At least 90 of them were good. So yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good percentage. Hey, yeah, we got to yeah. keep them all. So we get to keep that 100 gold star status. All right, let's talk about our first topic today. And this is the one where we're going to, uh, hope, hopefully Brie will be able to talk a little bit, but if she can't, she can tap out at any time because I want you to be able to talk for the rest of your life, not just tonight. Exactly. Uh, the Oculus like touch controllers too. are finally finally here and uh so they're a little behind htc5 launched with their touch controllers oculus uh launched 
the Oculus Rift headset launched before that without any controllers. You just used the gamepad on the Xbox. Um, and they were delayed for a while, and now they are finally out. Um, I had the chance to try them. I know, Brie, you have also tried them. And um, honestly, they change the entire system for me. That's what our Polygon review said as well. They didn't change the, the entire system in the sense that I now will buy VR and stuff, but I had probably one of the most enjoyable experiences in VR so far playing um, games like Super Hot and Robo Recall with the Oculus Touch controllers. Uh, how about you, Bree? What was your experience? Okay, so I've, I'm have i going to use a little bit of voice I have today to kind of embarrass Georgia Dow since she's here Damn. on the show with you. So, oh. like, okay, so Georgia, um, you know, I ordered <laughs> Oculus way, way, way a long time ago when it first came out. And Georgia, um, she's like, oh, Bree, you should just go ahead with that pre-order and even though it won't run on your Mac, like, you can build an Oculus Ray PC for $500. I did it. And I'm like, $500? Okay. That's great. I can do that. And like, so I start looking at it and pricing it. I come to find out that after I committed, Georgia had uh, assumed I already had a Windows PC around. (laughs) So I was going to have to go through and like completely build one for scratch. So that bumped that up to 1500. And then she's like, well, Brie, you know, you can't just go with Oculus. You've got to get a five because it's got the controllers with it. And I'm like, oh, Georgia Dow just cost me $800 on top of that. So like Georgia has already cost me like 600 plus 1500 plus 800. And now you've cost me another $200 for these controllers, Georgia Dow and $79 for the sensor behind me, but I'm in, I did it. Um, yeah, the controllers are a really big step up. It's, uh, it really makes the, uh, the Oculus touch. Um, it makes the entire system superior to the Vive. It's just a much better controller because you have individual finger articulation. So you can pick up objects a lot more naturally. Um, the tracking feels better, even though it won't uh, track behind you out of the box, but you know, all in all, it's a, it's a much, 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 it's a required upgrade for the Oculus and it really lets you take advantage of the better Oculus hardware. So, I mean, Georgia, am I correct to understand you don't have this yet? Oh, that's, that's, that's just painful, Brie. That's painful. Ours are supposed to show up tomorrow. Um, Hmm. so, I'm hoping that they actually do show up. And it, it is, like, I apologize, but isn't it worth it, Brie? Like, come on. VR is something oh, yeah. that yeah. is to behold. If you haven't tried it, go somewhere where you can try out VR because it's a really cool system. And most of our visual cortex, like, it takes up 25-plus percent of our brain. That's a lot is done to the to our visual acuity. And so it's really easy to trick us visually because we just believe but with using, you know, joystick controllers, it causes a disjoint and it takes you out of being in VR. And that's why these touch controllers are so cool because you can use your hands normally, pick up things, grab them. And there's a huge disjoint. When I used to use Oculus and, you know, you have like an Xbox controller on a system, it's like, ah, it feels so wrong. And so we're really excited to be able to try out these controllers. And they're supposed to be amazing, right? Like they went through 300 prototypes to get yeah, a yeah, good, it's really good. Mm-hmm. good controllers. So 
you know, I'm really excited to try it out. So yeah, the coolest. So Christina, oh, I know you're not going to judge me for this uh, because you grew up in the South too. But one of my favorite <laughs> kinds of games to play in uh, in VR are shooting games because I don't like guns. Like I don't like the idea of guns, but I really like like gun games, right? Right. And the Oculus, uh, the Oculus Touch controllers are really awesome because you can like point your finger and shoot a laser beam out of it, and it just. It feels really natural and it tracks super well. And um, they've got one game, it's called I Expect You to Die. It's basically a Bond game where you have these uh, portal-like puzzles where you're in a car and you have to figure out how to escape. And it's a really kick-butt game. So, uh, yeah, these controllers are everything. I didn't mean to interrupt you, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, explain a little more, not explain a little more, talk a little more about the... the um the way that it senses your hands and what that does for your perception in VR. Because in a lot of the Vive games right now, you'll see the controllers that you're holding represented in VR, or you'll see like some kind of semblance of fake hand represented um, that will grip and things like that. But the buttons on the Oculus Touch, you don't even have to be pressing them in for it to know whether your finger is on it or not on it, you could just be holding the controller casually and lift your finger to point at something and your virtual hand will do that same action. Your your virtual finger will lift and point. You can do thumbs up and everything like that. Like it's really, it really adds another level of, I guess, realism and also touch in virtual reality, which is super duper cool. Uh, my favorite game I think that I played on it so far is called Robo Recall, Robo Recall, which, uh, is a little it, it was like bubblegum it was vr bubblegum basically it's a game where you're basically just shooting robots uh but the best parts about it are that the guns like you have pistols on your hips and double shotguns on your back so you do this action where you reach over your back over your shoulders grab with the grips on the side of the controller two shotguns and pull them down and it's like being either reaper in overwatch or just a total badass um i have never felt so cool as when i was playing that game and what's the name of that one robo recall it comes out in 2017 uh we had a a press demo that um yeah i know it's so cool and that's one that really encourages mobility through the teleportation system that a lot of VR games use, which the the Vive definitely does better room scale stuff. Like with the Vive, I felt more comfortable like, walking around my space to look at things. Um, and there is a, a sort of hack you can do where you buy a third uh, sensor for the Oculus Rift so you can better track yourself in 3D space. Um, it comes with two. The, the Oculus comes with one and then the touch controllers come with their own. Um, so you'll have two out of the box. And you can also track yourself better if you like put one behind you. But otherwise, tracking is going to be interrupted just by the, the fact that the your body is there and it can't see both uh, controllers if it's in between the sensors and the controllers. Um, but yeah, so track room, tra- room scale uh, is not quite as up to par as I would say it is with the Vive, but the uh, this particular game just encourages that those quick teleportation movements to reposition yourself and shoot enemies, which in this case are robots. Um, and it was, it was just so much fun. Like it was unbelievably fun. No motion sickness. Like I was doing freaking squats, uh, <laughs> for probably three hours. Cause I was capturing footage of this and I got out, I got up the next morning. I was like, Oh my God, how am I so sore just from like watching the game awards on Thursday night? And then I'm like, Oh no, I was oh, no, literally I doing was... squats because I was running oh, from robots for three hours. That's... 
so let me ask you, you're talking about like the um, you know, what were you saying? Like the, the what's it called? The room um, room scale. The sensors. The room scale. Yeah, yeah, the sensors. Do you need as much room as you need for the vibe? Because that was the one thing that kind of when I looked at the vibe setup, like obviously, you know, you know what it's like living in New York. You know yeah. a lot of room to be able to set stuff up. Do you need that much room to really be able to use these? Or I don't can you think still that you do? Personally, okay, I don't so, think that no, you do just because you, you absolutely don't. Yeah, you can play um because it is compatible with Steam. You could play Vive games on the Oculus. And in that case, I'm I'm not I haven't done that yet, but um in that case, I wonder if room scale would become an issue. But for Oculus games, they're designed uh so that you don't have to be moving around that much. I like moving around that much. Sure. So, but it's it's kind of that's not what the system is designed to do. That's not what these games are designed to do. So it's kind of like, ah, I wish I could ma- marry these two together, um, which is why I'm interested in, you know, having resensors and moving around a little more. No, I, I completely and I completely agree with that. I mean, the the thing is the the vibes like room sensors are much better because you don't have to run like USB three cable across your house. Um, it's a better system. The Oculus controllers are better And Georgia. Like which headset do you think is better? Cause I think the Oculus now that I've played with both a little bit, I think the colors of the Oculus and just the feel of it is a superior headset. I mean, yeah. do you agree with that? I, I fully agree. I think that the um, Oculus headset is better. Um, I think also um, PlayStation, the Sony, the VR is also better. Uh, I think it's actually a better design than both. Um, more comfortable, lighter. It's it's not actually a better visual system itself, but the design of the headset is better. I like the fact also that Oculus has the um, earphones with it. Like they're, they're not great. They're really low quality, but it's nice that you don't have to add them on. So I do like Oculus better in that design, but you're right, uh, Simone, this, the room scale games are better we did order also the um extra sensors so that we'll be able to do room scale because we are planning on being able to play vive games together because that's the sadness um is that i can't play with anthony on the games that we want to play together so that's really why we're excited is because we want to be able to shoot bad guys robots (laughs) lasers out of my fingers um which i'll be sad once i take it off and i can't do that because i'll be pointing at people wondering why it's not working (laughs) like what's what's wrong um so that's what that's what we're really excited to be able to do is just like destroy things together as a team. Can I talk yeah. about Super Hot for say, a second? Oh yeah, go on, Ray. Go ahead. Yeah, well, let me. No, you say that, and then um, I have one more thing to say. So, so ahead, yeah, sorry. Super Hot, uh, which is out on a non VR version, is already out. And if you play that, the the Oculus version is pretty similar, but it changes everything because. When it's a game where when you move, time moves at the rate that you're moving. So if you don't move, time stops. And if you move, time moves. So you're oh, that's trying. Awesome. Yeah, it's really freaking cool. But of course, you know, you're being um, shot at and attacked and things like that. So you have attackers coming at you and your job is to kind of move very intentionally and carefully so that you can take them out before they take you out. This is all it's all very geometrically rendered. It's not um realistic at all they're like bright red block people who dissolve into um particles when they get hit um so this game completely screwed with my perception of space time because i was playing it in virtual reality and it's like genuinely intense because one wrong move and suddenly like you've been shot in the face and you see them coming at you and you're like inching 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 trying to reach for a gun without you know getting stabbed or shot or whatever because someone is coming slowly 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 at you and so i I played this for a long time it's it's probably in my opinion 
definitely one of the best uses of the system and probably the most complete game um, in VR in the sense that it, it does something very, very interesting with you physically as well as um, the, just being good gameplay, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then I stop playing it and I'm sitting at my desk and Slack messages are rolling in and I'm like, I have to stop moving because these messages are coming in too fast. And I'm like, no, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> the virtual world is becoming real. I was literally like, web pages were loading and I was like, I have to type faster because the web page will load faster if I do. And like, oh my God, this is completely, it, the rest of my day was just kind of weird because I had been in that mindset of like, being par- being part of the space time continuum. <laughs> that's for a few that's hours. like the real. Wow. That's like the real life equivalent of pinching to zoom on an actual photo. Yes, yes, it was exactly like <laughs> yeah. that. And yeah. I know other people have done it. I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> God, that is, that is the most Simone story I think I've ever heard in my entire Thank life. You. Um, so I just want to say one more thing, and then, guys, I'm going to bounce because Absolutely. my voice is of killing course. me. Um, but I think that, um, you know, this is really – this is a make-or-break moment for Oculus because, I mean, they blew their launch big time. You know, uh, Palmer Lucky, you know, uh, he had that really big, you know, supporting white supremacist through Donald Trump. But the, this is, you know, I know Blake J. Harris, who wrote Console Wars, which is a, 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 a it should be a textbook about the it's game industry. Book. And his, his next book is all about Oculus. And, you know, I was talking to him about this. And, like, Oculus is really in a moment where if people don't go out and buy these touch controllers, I mean, Georgia, I know you'll agree with me, the Vive is a very, very comparable product. So, um, you know, this is a good experience. Experience. But at the same time, I'm running three USB 3 cables into my computer. I had to build a custom computer. And I just see no chance whatsoever of this getting mainstream uh, progress here. It's still super fiddly. The controllers in front of you, like you have to put up sensors all around your house. If they're not just right, like it, it does skip around while you're using it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would never root for my friends in any technology company to fail and lose their jobs. But I have to say, this is a a really, it's a good product, but it's a super fiddly setup. And I really don't know if I could recommend this to someone that wasn't a hardcore gamer or very invested in the space. I mean, Georgia, do you agree with that? Yeah. And I I think that your statement of how they, they blew the launch really is true. We like, and then, you know, you end up using Oculus and it's a it's still a nice experience without using the touch controllers, but it is not even close to comparable to the Vive in that. And so I think a lot of people that went into VR were like, you know what, or tried it out. They were like, you know what, it's interesting, it's good, but it's not great. It's not as immersive as what I'd hoped it to be. And I think that that really causes people to say, you know what, eh. like it's it's expensive, it's fiddly, it's something that's really specialized. You have to be very into technology to want to go into that. But Hopefully, you know, they'll keep, catch their footing and keep on going with it because I really do think that VR is exciting and fun, um, but we'll have to see because you're right. It isn't very mainstream yet. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would? Do you think that they should bundle it together? Like my, because I hear what you guys are saying and I agree. Not having used this, I can't really comment on any of the experience part of it, but I wonder, like, do you think that they need to just forego selling 
the Oculus by itself, and they need to just bundle they should. this with the touch. No one should Absolutely. ever have this system without the touch controllers, and that's unfortunate. It does put it on par price-wise with the, the Vive. They're pretty much equal in that sense. Um, sure. But yeah, I, without touch controllers, it's... It is disappointing. Like they're, I don't. They really should push them more. I, I would go. They do have a bundle in the store for that, and you have to really, really dig to find the, um, the, the Oculus like camera, the third tripod you were talking about, Georgia, for the sensor. Yeah. Like you have to dig to find that in the store. But I would go for a step further, Christina, and say they. The nice thing about the Vive is um, you don't have to run cables across your house. It communicates wirelessly, so you do have to like plug these boxes into the ceiling or on a bookcase. But then. You you just plug it in and it communicates wirelessly. So with the Oculus, you're going to have to run like US. I already have like USB 3.0 cable running like from, you know, three feet of either side of my computer. And now I'm going to have to run USB cable around behind me just to be able to turn around 360. They should stick with the touch controllers for a while and the base Oculus headset, but they should absolutely upgrade that, um, you know, those sensors to be wireless the way that Vive is because it's just a terrible experience right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will yeah, say in my experience, agree. it was easier to set up than the Vive, um, but yeah, yeah I'd agree it, with I that. hate cables, as you all know. Mm-hmm. All right, Brie, we bid good night to you. Thank you so much for joining us for episode you, 100. Brie. We love you, awesome and we hope you get surprise. better soon. We are going to discuss Westworld so much next week. We're going to yeah. yeah. discuss Once it. You can We're going to discuss again. everything about it. That will so, be our cue. Yes, I'm going to do that. All right, guys. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, Bye Brie. Bye, Brie. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. The simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. And you can start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code ROCKET at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace has easy-to-use tools and templates, and they will help you capture all the details of what drives you, what makes you passionate, what makes your heart beat faster in the night... It is worth, if it's worth the effort, it is worth sharing with the world. You want to publish that beautiful website, but before you publish it, you can create the entire thing with a Squarespace free trial. Just build the website, watch it blossom before your eyes, much like a Casper mattress. Um, and then you'll you just be able to build the, that entire thing. And it's as, as simple as pressing one button to publish it signing up squarespace.com putting it out there for the whole world to see is pretty awesome i have to say right now i am editing my my book and my second book and my reward because i i've been thinking about this for a week now is that i get to tweak my my website again i have so much fun just like messing with tiny details and it's, it's perfectly functional like it's a it's a functioning lovely complete website but every time i look at it i i just see potential and Squarespace, Squarespace's tools make it so easy to go in and like mess around with things and rearrange things. And oh, maybe I should create a new page here. What the, what would that look like? That would be fun. Maybe I should change my entire template. I enjoy doing this more than a normal person should. Squarespace hmm. enables that bad habit of mine, and it could enable you too. It puts all the power that you need in your hands and takes away the painful, annoying things like worrying about hosting or scaling or what to do if you get stuck with something along the way. You can build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your level of coding. Um, I'm speaking for myself on the no coding end. No trouble at all. And if you can code, then they offer the tools for you to you know use your knowledge and make your website 
unique to you with your your unique coding skills. Um, and the templates are really nice. Uh, I, I quite like them. They're very minimalist uh, and they come with all the, the, the example websites that they have, you know, show you really what the, the ultimate form of your template could be. And then in my case, I scaled it back quite a bit because I'm a simple little operation, but you can do like really complex, interesting visual things with the templates. So that's a lot of fun. They also have 24-7 support with live chat and email. And, of course, anyone can have their own Squarespace store and sell products on their Squarespace website. George Dow, you are a famous example of this. You and your hand turkey. Oh, yeah. And if I – talentless me you, can create no, a website. No, never say that. Anyone. Never say it. Okay, fair. Um, little skill to me. <laughs> Um, can create a website. <laughs> Adequate Georgia too. Dow created a Squarespace <laughs> website and sold her hand turkeys too. to the world. A simple girl from a simple town, but now she's a superstar and she's here with us on Rocket. Um, and if you just want a cover page to show off, this is what you do. This is who you are. Squarespace offers great single page websites uh, that you can put up in an instant. And if it you really want to, is that easy. It really, yeah, it actually really is. Like, it's not a joke. They really, no, it's it really, really easy. You want a website, you don't want to pay the money. The help is wonderful. They're there to ask, even if you ask the most inane questions, they answer you like they haven't heard it a thousand times. They're, That's kind they're of them. really helpful. They have all kinds of pictures to help you put up, and it, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of fun. And if you uh, want to try it out, Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. If you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name, uh, which is super cool. And as I said, if you when you sign up, you should use offer code ROCKET to get 10% off your first purchase. Show your support for ROCKET. You won't even have to put Made by ROCKET on your beautiful website. You can just you can just like just take advantage of that and go off into the night like a little bandit. Um, and of course, you can start a trial with no credit card required. Uh, build your whole website today. Then you do the whole checkout rocket uh, and and love us and appreciate us for everything. So thank you so much, Squarespace, for your support of this show and Relay FM. So are you guys still doing the hand signed rocket glossy that goes with that for everyone that purchases one? Yes. Yes, that. Okay, you heard it. Th- they they can't go back on it. No, go purchase we, one now. We never, never go back on anything <laughs> on this Ever. show. Never. Oh, speaking of going back on things, Pebble is in a between a rock and a hard where oh, place. Oh, no, that's bad. Oh, that's oh. bad. And and, oh. and well, Pebble is no more. Yeah, they were. I guess the rock and a hardware was last week, and now they have been. Um, They're gone. Bought by Fitbit. Um, well, no, the assets. Yeah, have been bought, which is very different. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So yeah, they sold uh, the software assets and the smartwatch platform that is Pebble to Fitbit, uh, and I believe most of the the people who work on those products have also gone over to Fitbit. Is that true? Uh, um, they apparently, I mean, according to Bloomberg, uh, you know, extended offers to many of the software people. None of the hardware people were, you know, extended offers and, and certainly not all of the software people were. Um, Pebble had already gone through some layoffs in the spring. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how many people total had been working for the company, but, you know, at least some of them are now have offers to work at Fitbit. Um, and, and, you know, how many of them t- t- took that offer, you know, I'm not sure. 
Mm-hmm. And the CEO, James Park, is no longer going to be with them. And uh, R.I.P. Pebble. Yeah, no, I mean, um, and really, really R.I.P. Pebble, because um, if you have a Pebble, uh, you will no longer be able to get any support for it. Uh, that is that is gone. If um, you ordered one before December 7th from uh, pebble.com, uh, you might be able to get a refund. People, they'd had a Kickstarter campaign in May for the Pebble 2, the Pebble Time 2, and uh, the Pebble Core. They shipped the Pebble 2 and to, to most of the backers. Uh, the Pebble Time 2 had not started shipping, nor had the Pebble Core. And so people who pre-ordered those through Kickstarter should be receiving refunds according uh, to, to Pebble um, sometime before March uh, through Kickstarter's platform. So they will be refunding those customers' money. But if you have you know, an older Pebble Watch or Pebble Round or, or Pebble Time or, or Time 2 or a Steel um, and you need support. Unfortunately, it's gone. Um, you, you know, there there are places online where you can buy third party, you know, straps and chargers and things like that. But um, and 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 there's obviously the community, you know, people who can offer maybe feedback for for software stuff. Uh, but but development of the platform has ceased. And um, if if you had any sort of hardware problem, um, mm-hmm. you know that that's over now too. So um, this is really sad for me. This is I I've been covering Pebble since 2012. Yeah, uh, that was the first time that I that I uh, first met um, Eric uh, uh, Mikovsky. I, I I don't know how to say his last name. He's Canadian. Um, and actually, the original origins of the Pebble uh, smartwatch were that it was a, a, a BlackBerry smartwatch, and and they had a a, a product. I think it was called like the um, I, I can't remember, like the Impulse smartwatch or something like that that worked with the BlackBerry, and that was kind of a prototype, and it did make it to market, but it was you know sold in in almost non-existent quantities, and then that led them to Kickstarter in 2012, where it it became um, until the coolest cooler, um, which was released I think like a year later, um, like the the biggest um, you know. Uh, most successful Kickstarter of all time. And then the, the, the Pebble 2, or the Pebble Time, rather, uh, usurped that. And so over the course of, you know, being on Kickstarter, they've raised, you know, tens of millions of dollars in pre-orders. And it was, uh, you know, this was years before, you know, the Pebble was, was 2012, and and it shipped in um, 2013. And it, uh, you know, this was, this was two years before the Apple Watch. This was before Android Wear. And so it was really kind of the first... Mainstream is probably going too far, but I think for a lot of people, I mean, it was sold in Best Buy stores, it was sold in Targets, and and uh, you know um, there were you know uh, tens of thousands of, of Kickstarter backers. So I think for a lot of people, it was the first smartwatch or kind of vision of a smartwatch of, of a wearable that they saw, and it really, I think, helped uh, in in um, tech terms validate the market and show that there was a market worth going after. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so I don't know. It, it's it's sad to see it, it it end this way. Georgia, did you have a, a Pebble? I did. I had a Pebble watch. Um, so did my husband. We they they still work. They're there. It's it's sad to see you know time change and to be able to move through. I think that you know it was probably relatively inevitable that this was going to end up being yeah you know, end up happening. And so I don't think that it's a huge shock especially with the layoffs that they already went through. But for many people, this was their, like, I've been dying for a smartwatch. I think, Christina, you and I talked, uh, like, a long time ago on a show about, like, smartwatches and, you know, Get Smart and, like, being able to talk, like, Mission Impossible, and I've been dying for this. And so it was, like, so exciting to be able to really have the beginnings of that. And 
So I'm sad. I think I'm going to, like, glue, like, an actual pebble on my wrist just, like, <laughs> you know, to give a, a final moment um, of silence to, mm-hmm. um, you know, its inevitable demise. But hopefully the people will continue making wonderful things for Fitbit. And I hope that like, the only thing with consolidating of companies is that it it makes me worry about innovation. And I like more companies to try new things. But I think that the ecosystem is too small to be able yeah. to support that mm-hmm. because you buy one watch, you're like most people are not like us. We are kind of techie, and so we have like way too much technology. But for most people, they're not going to buy three to five. I don't even know, Christina, how many how many watches, smartwatches do you have, Chris? Uh, I mean, I have my Apple Watch, uh, you know, Series One, but not the faster Series One, the one from 2015. I have a few Pebbles. Um, you know, I had the, the original Pebble and the Pebble Time, which I both got off of Kickstarter, and then they gave me a, a round. Um, and I probably have buried a round that I haven't personally purchased, you know, a number of Android Wear devices. But the in terms of ones that I've actually purchased myself, I guess I guess the answer is three. Um, two of those were Pebbles from Kickstarter, but you don't really need that. And that's and I'm insane. You know, so like <laughs> and, and to be totally honest, like I pre-ordered the Pebble time before the 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 Apple Watch came out. And then after the Apple Watch came out, I mean, because A, it was so much more expensive and it did more and other stuff, but mostly because it was so much more expensive. I was like, well, why you know, the Pebble I think arrived right around the same time. And, and I was just one of those things. I was like, well, I don't need this. You know, I, I don't need this other smartwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you're right. Most people have one and, and they're kind of done with it. I think the Pebble was, you know, they sold it as a sports watch. Uh, they kind of, you know, um, uh, I guess pivoted to that fairly early on, which was smart. And it was inexpensive enough, especially the first one, um, that people maybe would kind of get into the idea of, do I like notifications on my wrist? Um, and they definitely were the diehards, but I think that they had a really hard time. I know, I don't know your perspective on this, Georgia, but I think that they had a really hard time once you did see the more flashy platforms like Android Wear and like what Samsung does with, with their, um, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, watches and obviously the Apple watch of kind of competing against that, because even though they have, you know, what they had going for it was they had really good battery life and, and they had, you know, a, a smart but simple interface. Um, you know, the the Pebble Time had a color screen and, and sort of the round and, and the newer ones, but they weren't full color. You know, it was, it was you know, limited color and, and there's no touchscreen. They never had a Pebble with a touchscreen. And, and those things, those trade-offs mean that they could be, you know, like make it a little bit sleeker and not sleeker round is pretty sleek. Uh, but you know, maybe, maybe make it thinner bezel, a uh, thinner, you know, watch wise, the bezels were, were still pretty big and, and great battery life and, and very readable in sunlight. And a lot of these things that you want out of a watch, but at the same time, you know, you, if you're in a store and you're comparing, you know, a smartwatch and you see, you know, the Apple watch and you see, you know, the, 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 the galaxy watch and, and you see some of the stuff from LG and, and you see, you know, kind of this flashiness. And then you see this other thing, I, I, I think they had a hard time kind of competing. Moreover, it wasn't just with the other smartwatch makers because of where they were priced and because of what they did. They yeah. were also going against Fitbit, right? And Fitbit, yeah, who now bought right. the, you know, Fitbit has, you know, A, they have a smartwatch with the blade, blaze rather. Um, but they have, you know, if you get a, if you get a Fitbit uh, charge too, you get text notifications on it and you can even get some sort of, um, you know, calendar updates and, and you can get certain app, you know, notifications from certain apps. And so it, the, the line is really blurred between fitness trackers and smartwatches anyway. And I think yeah. that's one of the, one of the reasons why 
smartwatch sales, according to basically all industry reports have, have gone down significantly, is that people kind of are trying to figure out, do I want a, a fitness tracker? Do I want a smartwatch? Where do I fit in the middle? Yeah. And, and Pebble then, wasn't able to compete really in either area. It wasn't exactly. the cheapest. Yeah. Yeah. Simone? Mm. No. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a shame because they had really good tech and, and they were really early on this, you know, but that's what happens a lot of times is that you, even the people who have really good ideas and who have a really good product and a good developer ecosystem and a, and a great community, it's hard mm-hmm. for them to make it work. I think in response to your hopes for, you know, more, more disruption like this, more creativity like this, Georgia, I hope that other people thinking about products like this and uh, developing products like this will take i guess the lesson from pebble that so much interest is out there like they were able to beat up so much groundswell and get so much excitement about about the product before smartwatches were even really a thing like christina said um and hopefully for someone else you know it'll the 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 market will be more steady and and friendly and (laughs) they won't be pushed out by you know apple and fitness trackers and just i guess people's lack of need for more and more smartwatches. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think that what they did was really admirable. Yeah, they did good stuff. It's just, it, it's, it's hard. I try to think of a scenario where it would have worked. And I think that the only way would have been if they had sold to someone who was willing to really invest in the brand and, and invest in the development early on. You know, they took they took funding, which was great. And I mean, they were kind of the classic kind of, touted in a lot of ways kind of the anti-success story because, you know, again, this was a guy who'd had a startup that, you know, he'd been trying to sell this this smartwatch concept for years. Like I said, it was a freaking Blackberry, you know, watch <laughs> because he, you know, went to the University of Waterloo and that's where a lot of the engineers were, were, were from, the original team. And they couldn't really get VCs interested in backing their company and, and getting, you know, getting backing back then, especially for kind of unknown hardware companies was hard. And so, you know, they had this, this Kickstarter that just does amazingly well. And then they were actually really good on Kickstarter. They're one of the few, and I, I used to always kind of hold them up as like the ultimate Kickstarter success story not just because it turned them into a real company, but because they actually backed up on their promises. Their delays were very minute compared to everybody else of no matter who they've been like on scale. Like there, there've been, you know, occasionally, I guess, you know, maybe some of the, the major movie directors who've done Kickstarters who actually had a production budget and were really kind of using it mostly for, for promotion, you know, like, 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 uh, you know, Rob Thomas with Veronica Mars and to a lesser extent, Zach Braff, but like they were actually using for the first one anyway, for the subsequent ones, it was from what I understand, it was strictly promotion, but like for the first launch, it was definitely, getting their, their seed money to, to, to make the watches and they managed to, to be, um, on, 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 on time, which is kind of unheard of, um, for, for Kickstarter in general, but especially with hardware Kickstarters. Um, you know, but I, I kind of wonder like, you know, and so after they'd had the success, they finally started getting the, the VC funding that they'd kind of, you know, sought out to begin with. Um, but I, I, I almost wonder in retrospect, like, if the only way they could have really succeeded would have been to either have 10 times the amount of funding. So have, you know, Oculus levels of funding mm. or to, in an Oculus situation, because Oculus was, you know, another Kickstarter project, but obviously they had more delays and, and things like that to sell early to someone who would have been like Facebook, because I don't know, you know, because imagine if Oculus was trying to compete with Vive and it wasn't owned by Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, yeah. you know, competing against PlayStation, competing against HTC, it's hard when it is owned by Facebook, right? 
mm-hmm. there'd be no way that it could. Com- I don't think that it would in any way be able to compete if it wasn't. Right. Yeah. Even right. though, and if it yeah. was something like like you know, Google, where they would be like a different ecosystem, so that you know you use your Android and you have you know, the watch that goes with that in comparison, because they don't really compete in technology. So if you want to be able to get your messages and deal with that, you're probably not going to go with that. They couldn't compete on price because if you want something that's going to be cheap and just deal with health, you're going to go with a Fitbit. Right. And so it's also kind of finding that niche where you would be able to shine. And, and you're absolutely right, Christina, you would have needed a good amount of funding to be able to do that and support it while you go through the growth phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or or like, you know, if, if, if Fitbit had bought them, you know, a few years ago. Like I think that honestly right. that probably would have been the best scenario would have been before right. Apple watch before everybody else kind of hit it before fitness trackers became almost a commodity. If someone had seen the original pebble and said, you know, we're going to give you this amount of money and we're going to let you kind of grow it either under our brand or under your brand. I think that it might've had a different ending, but as it stands, I just, you know, and, and, and the product was good, but but there were definitely, you know, there was real competition. But I think that even if the competition, like, even if the product had been absolutely stellar and, and like, the best in class, and I don't want to say that it was, I'm not saying it was bad, but I, I don't think it was best in class. I think that, that there are, are pros and cons and all these things. I just don't see how in 2016, you know, they would have been able to continue on without either raising significantly more capital or in what would have been a better situation for everyone being acquired by someone who would have said, we're going to take everything and mm-hmm. let and your brand exist. Intact. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that in the future, like if 2016 is not the right time, do you think that in a, that, that there will be a future in which there's room for both those more high end smartwatches like the Apple watch and then like a, a middle ground watch like the pebble? Yeah, I mean, I think that there is, but I think that eventually that kind of goes away. I mean, I think that Apple is unique and that they can probably always have their own niche space. Mm-hmm. But I think that for a lot of people, they are asking themselves all the time, do I want a smartwatch or do I want a fitness tracker? Yeah. And increasingly, the scary thing for everyone who's involved in that space, but primarily people who only make those things, is that you know it's almost looking like sales data more and more like – you know, it's more of a fad and, mm-hmm. and, and people don't really want either, you know, you, you, you buy a fitness tracker. I mean, one of the reasons why they're so hol- popular is like holiday gifts is you buy, you know, a, a Fitbit or you buy something that's like, you know, a, um, a, a way to motivate you to, to get more exercise. And, and I think that that's why when you look at the Apple watch series two, um, almost all of its branding and almost all of its targeting has gone away from fashion and has gone directly to health and fitness. Mm-hmm. And because that's obviously, I think, where it's, it's most successful. And so it makes it makes a lot of sense, you know, if it's kind of like a, a holiday purchase, uh, Tim Cook, um, this is unrelated to Pebble, but it's sort of related. Uh, he kind of, uh, he sent an email to, to Reuters um, this week basically saying that the Apple Watch is, is having, you know, its its best quarter so far, you know, in the, in the last couple of weeks that they've seen sales-wise, kind of refuting an IDC report that says that Apple Watch sales are down 71% year over year. Um, that's not unique to just the Apple Watch. Smartwatches in general are, are way down. And, mm-hmm. and Fitbit, which just bought Pebble, has lost a tremendous amount of its value on its on, on the stock exchange. It's a public company. And, you know, their sales, um, you know, have not met what some of their estimates were. So, you know, I think that, A, 
I don't know. I think that Apple maybe could, uh, John Gruber kind of compared, you know, say, oh, Apple Watch sales might become kind of like what iPod sales were and that you have like your big holiday quarter and then the rest of the time they they don't sell as well. And I think that's probably true. But Mm -hmm. I think the bigger concern, like you you buy them at Christmas time because they're great gifts. But I think the bigger concern and, and you know, is that um, people really do need to make that decision. Do I want a watch or do I want a fitness tracker? And ideally they want both. And, um, you know, just finding the right user interface and the right price point. I mean, I think the Fitbit has um, almost become like Kleenex and in, in that it, it's kind of become the catch-all term for any sort of fitness tracker. But there are so many. And even though I think Fitbit makes the best fitness tracker out there, you know, you can get them from a jillion companies, including companies you've never heard of for really low prices. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and like I said, when they do some of the basic smartwatch things, you know, like you can get your text notifications and stuff from it. For a lot of people, I think that that's what they want and they don't necessarily want yeah. to do the that, stuff that you do on a watch itself. That Christmas Christmas product uh, scenario, it it seems it just doesn't seem sustainable. And when we look at what happened with the the iPod, I I love the iPod. It was a great great little product. But eventually something came along that was more ubiquitous and it kind of seems like that, you know, having a product that sells big once a year will work for a little while, but it it's not something that can keep going year over year over year. Well, I wonder if it's different than it's being a fad, more that it's something that once you have one, if it's working, you don't really need to upgrade every year. It's not mm-hmm, the same totally. as a phone, right? So I think that yeah, right. a lot of people that were into That's true. it bought their Fitbit and bought their smartwatch. And that was the main people that are really into that. And there's just not as many people that were into the thought of having a smartwatch or a fitness tracker that are then going to want another one. Because mm-hmm. they work well enough to yeah, not have to – like, I point. know most people that have a Series 1 – are not upgrading to a series two for the Apple watch. Like yeah. besides my techie friends, like they're the ones that are like, okay, like Christina, I want to see like a picture of your arm with all the watches on it. Like that's yeah, totally. what happened. Well, not I mean, even a maybe you, but, I want like, like an arm and a leg or something. Okay. Like whatever. I'll do it. I'll do it. If but, it but, even me, <laughs> but even me, I'm a techie and I spent $800 on that watch. I'm not right. buying a new one. Right. Yeah. I and mean, so, you know, yeah, you're still going to use it and you like it. It's not I'm going to use it until, exactly. I use but, it, I wear it every day, but I'm not going to spend gonna wear, $800. Unless it breaks. Right. You're not going to upgrade to another one. And I think that people are trying to put this into the same category and expect the same amount of sales as with sure. a phone. And that's wrong. It's just not the same type of an item. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, when you talk about the ubiquity of, of something like a phone, Simone, or, or, or you know, a, an MP3 player, that was the thing that kind of got the iPad, iPod through for years and years until the iPhone kind of overtook it, was that even if you're, to, to your point, Georgia, you would buy an iPod once and, and you would maybe replace it every couple of years. But, you know, you, um, but you kept it for a long time. You didn't need to buy the, the, the latest and greatest one every year. That was still, I think, a product that enough people wanted mm. that – you had a huge amount of supply, like a huge amount of demand. So even yeah. if you're only buying one every few years, um, and and then once it runs out of space, or, or you know you lose it, or, or it gets stolen out of your car if it's an iPod Nano or, or whatever the case may be, you know, um, you you get another one um, because you know it was a music player. It was it was inexpensive enough that there was wide appeal. I'd love to know from you guys, like how wide of the appeal do we really think fitness trackers and smartwatches are? I. 
I mean, I'm interested in them, and it's still not appealing enough for me to plonk down the money. So, yeah, I would imagine, especially, um, I don't know, like you said, most people would probably use it for fitness, and those are so much cheaper, and just the learning curve is lower. Um, I definitely wouldn't just, out of mild interest, plonk down the money for an Apple Watch. Um, And that's why I'm kind of sad about Pebble, because, like, that was the one where I was very more seriously considering actually spending my own money on it because it was more in my price range and I like the designs. I think yeah. it's really cool. It, it um, worked with iOS and Android. Like it was more versatile. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that that, that option is now gone, I'm like, eh, that's, this is not going to be something for me unless, you know, my lifestyle changes substantially. Right. Right. And I work in, you know, tech and media. So Sorry. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. It's supply and demand. Mm-hmm. And it's it's definitely not as popular as the iPod were. It's just not, it's not something that fills enough of a niche or a need. Mm-hmm. And then once the phone could replace the iPod, then they did. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the watch is not, does not replace your phone. At one point when it does, and we can just have something light and easy and it replaces our phone and we can go out with it and answer calls. That will be a different story. That's when we're going to really see a boom in the market of people having technology that is small and easy to work with it. Because carrying around your phone, it is cumbersome and large. Well, mine's huge because I have (laughs) the uh, (laughs) the 7 Plus. Increasingly cumbersome. Same. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it. I mean, I love it, but I hate it so much. Yes, yes, exactly. It's the love-hate relationship. Love the battery, love love the screen, just hate how much room it takes in your purse. Right. I need uh, someone to, like, hold it for me because it's getting yeah. heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I need well. Kate Spade to make a clutch that will actually hold it, and, 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 and she won't, and that makes me sad. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Kate, Kate, if you're listening, Miss Spade, mm-hmm. if you're listening, please uh, please make a bigger clutch for Christina Warren. Thank you. I need, I need a new wallet case. Even girls with small hands have big phones. Saying that is true, exactly. So true, so true. Well, this episode of Rocket, uh, timely wise (laughs) enough, is brought to you by Movement Watches. We did not plan this. Um, (laughs) Movement, uh, which is spelled M V M T, pronounced movement, was founded on the belief that style should not break your bank. They make watches, it's founded by some college kids who thought we want to make watches that look good. We don't want those watches to be expensive. That's not what they sound like. They probably sound like way more suave. We want these watches to be nice. But we don't want people to spend entire paychecks on their fashion accessories. Let's make affordable watches that people will love, said the founders of Movement. Um, and they did. Uh, then now they've sold five hundred over 500,000 watches in over 160 companies, countries, countries in the world. I know how to read. So do the founders of Movement Watches. Um, And they are really gorgeous, stylish watches. Georgia, have you seen them yet? No, I'm actually, right now, I'm looking up to try to find... so good looking. MVMTwatches.com slash rocket. If you want to, like, go to our promotion page and click on the women's watches because they're freaking gorgeous. Click on the men's watches also because they're also gorgeous. Um, Those are pretty. I know. I love them. <laughs> so yeah, they're, the, these watches start at just ninety five dollars, uh, which is way cheaper, as you might know if you've ever looked at watches and wept. Uh, way cheaper than the hundreds and hundreds of dollars that you might pay at a watch store. Uh, they sell direct online. They cut out the middleman, so you can just take your watch, take it directly from the internet, 
put it, slap it onto your wrist, and then be beautiful. Be beautiful oh, until yeah. the time, like you do as a, a professional adult, which you are, which is the the aura that your movement watch will convey to the people who see you. They'll say, look at that person there. They know how to tell the time. They have a slick timepiece on their wrist. And then you reveal the secret that you're really bad at reading Roman numerals, if you're me, but you don't care. You wear the watch anyway, because it's freaking gorgeous. Um, so yes, I have a Who movement watch. You need to watch. know the time. You just need to look good. I know. That's what I say every time I it's put on matters. my watch. I have the uh, Abbott Kinney watch. It's got like a, a light colored band and a gold face and then the – or a gold um gold watch and then the back of the face is kind of this opalescent white. It's beautiful. I love it. Um, I kind of want more, which is really bad. <laughs> well, you, can, you your, have to your... compete with Christina now. You have to buy a whole bunch of them. Uh-huh. I know. And I'll put on all my watches. I guess – I want. yeah. How How weird would that look if I just wore a lot of watches? I think you could be starting a trend. You're right. You're right, Georgia. You could I have trust each you. time to be set to a different time zone. <gasps> oh my God. Yes. Right? So you could say yes. like, oh, Georgia, it's this time where you are, you know, yes. Christina, it's the same time or like, you know, like this. pull at my wrist and be like, well, in Tokyo, on my Tokyo watch, it is, yeah. this. I don't even know anyone who's in Japan right now. I don't know why mm-hmm. I needed that, but mm-hmm. I do. I need it now. So if you want to learn more about movement watches, you can go to movementwatches.com slash rocket. That is M-V-M-T watches.com slash rocket. As a listener of this show, you'll get 15% off with free shipping and free returns when you order a watch. You should totally do that. Step up your watch game. Go to movementwatches.com slash rocket. Thank you so much, Movement, for sponsoring this show and Relay FM. Let's talk about the death of uh, society. I mean, hmm. Amazon Go. So, so great. I love it. I'm you happy we're ending it. on oh, a high you, note. You, this is so your thing. So Amazon <laughs> is now testing at one location in Seattle for beta testers and Amazon employees only an Amazon grocery store called Amazon Go where there is no checkout. You walk what? in, uh, you, you tap your phone basically on, a I think, an ARFID reader, and then you just do your shopping and then you walk out and your Amazon account will be automatically billed. So they're, they're, they're being kind of tight-lipped about the exact technology, about how it, like, senses, you know, you're, obviously you're taking things off shelves, you're putting them in a bag, you're walking out of the store. They're, they've kind of left the part of how how it figures out, you know, how much to charge you and what you've got in your bag kind of in the dark for now. But um, people have kind of assumed or theorized that it might be something to do with RFID chips in the packaging um, or on the shelves even because it can tell when you put things, you know, take sure, things off and things sensors, back. yeah. Yeah, things like that. So it's called Just Walk Out Technology. Uh, and yeah, they're they're opening the first one in Seattle in 2017, I believe. Um, yeah, early 2017. It looks a lot like the Amazon bookstore, but just with <laughs> food in it. Oh, Christina. Uh, did you- do you, are, are you sad that you're not in Seattle anymore, Simone? Not, I mean, well, I wouldn't be able to shop there because I don't work for Amazon. Well, um, I know, but eventually they'll be like opening it up to to to, no, to normal. I don't like it. I'm being an old grump. I don't. You don't like it. I See, don't like it. 
I love, okay, so here's the thing. You know when you go to CVS or Dwayne Reed or whatever and you like need to pick up some things and then you've got this long winding line and you've got to wait in line behind all these people and then like, you know, have them kind of put you through and then they they check you out and you've got to, you know, put your chip card in and go through the whole process. And before you know it, you've like wasted 10 minutes to buy, you know, your, 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 your Diet Coke and – um, red vines and uh, cheese dip and 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 ice cream. This is the and most Christina Warren story <laughs> ever. We're judging. We're judging. We're judging. Yes, and and so and then in or or your shampoo or whatever the case may be, and you just want to get out of there, but you got to go through all this rigmarole. I love the idea of just being able to go in, pack my bag with what I need, walk out, and be charged for it. I love this idea. Yeah, but, but okay. that's, there's going to cause come with some problems though, right? So like, you know, when you're shopping and, you know, so you pick up the pastrami and like, you're like walking around and then you realize, you know what? I don't, I don't really want, want, want the, I don't I want the pastrami. Yes. No, I don't want the pastrami. Right. And then you're like, but I'd have to walk all the way back to put it back where the pastrami is. So you're like, okay, I'm just going to hide it behind some like cans of tomatoes. Right, right, right. right. I'm, I'm going to put it behind the, the – uh, yeah, exactly. Away. I am not the only one. And, I, I'm uh, with you. I'm with you, Georgia. I've done yeah, this too. And then, then you're going to be charged for the pastrami that you do not have. Well, yeah, no, I think you're you're dead on. I think you're dead on. Uh, that is a problem. I don't know how they'll they'll solve that. I don't know. Like, I mean, like you said, Simone, we're we're kind of assuming they're probably using RFID chips and and maybe you know uh, Bluetooth beacon sensors or other things. So I'd have to think that there would be something where, you know, because now it's kind of, I, I would imagine it might be similar to the technology, you know, now when you do self-checkout at the grocery store mm-hmm. and it knows if the item is in the bag. Yeah, yeah. So I could imagine that they could have something like that and know that if, if you no longer have, you know, this, you know, um, this chip or, or, or this, you know, sticker or whatever within your vicinity, you know, within like, you know, mm-hmm. however many inches of you, you're not going to get charged for it. Cause I have to assume that you're only charged when you walk out of the store, not as you're walking around. I'm warming to this now because now that you've made that example, Georgia, I realize there would definitely have to be like staff on hand, you know, maintaining things and like keeping the store neat. <laughs> and I, I guess I, from people like me is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> people like me who will destroy it. And you're like, I know I'm I'm a hypocrite because I'm all for automated checkouts and stuff. But I just I worry about like places like this being like a place where people, you know, who are elderly and need jobs to work or who um, are don't have a lot of education or are working part time, like whatever in that place in their lives. Like it's a place where, you know, anyone can find a job and work there. Um, right. So oh, yeah, the idea I, I, of disrupting I, I, like I, the, the checkout system, I'm like, oh. oh yeah, totally. Oh, I'm with you. The social, the, 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 the social issues. I mean, it's the same thing with the um, automated uh, ordering screens at McDonald's. Yeah. I yeah. love them, but I also feel bad about them. I love them because I can, I can customize my triple cheeseburger um, with uh, no pickles, light onions. And, and I love that because when I tell them these things, you know, I always feel guilty, like a super customized <laughs> mcdonald's order like with the person there and then sometimes they just don't care uh which is fine uh so you know you can customize to your heart's content the computers never judge you but the computers never judge you but at the same time as you're saying simone there is something to be said about you know technology getting i mean we've already lost so many um you know uh, blue collar types of jobs because of manufacturing because of other stuff and and to see even service work start to disappear is both 
potentially like could be, you know, like convenient, but is also kind of bad for for people who've worked who 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 do those who, who yeah. have those jobs. And and, yeah. and I mean I my first job was in retail and, and I, I worked in retail in high school and college and um that I mean I, I primarily wasn't a cashier, but I definitely did check people out and and yeah, you know, I, I um I I don't think that getting rid of all that form of labor isn't necessarily a good thing. I also think um, there's something to be said about kind of the class divided between having stores as much as I love this idea and would totally use it all the time because I buy so much stuff from Amazon anyway that <laughs> just having them bill me, it, it would make sense. <laughs> but you do kind of wonder about kind of like a, the class divide of having a store that requires you to have, mm-hmm. you know, a smartphone and and a smartphone app. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. And that's think true. About, think about how much and data a credit card. they then get from you. Because well, like they you have know that what data you, anyway. Pardon me. They have that data anyway. They they do. Amazon does. But now they would get it from our sh- not just what we shop for, but the manner in which we shop, where sure. we go, where we walk, what we track. Yeah. I can already see the advertising billboards, right, saying, "Oh, people who bought those cantaloupes also bought these yeah. three items." Or wait, wait, we can get even further, right? So it could be personalized advertising that'll pop up when you get close, which would say, "Which like, I love." Oh, Minority Report. Oh, oh, yeah. you're looking for foot fungus cream. Well, then you should buy toe off. Well, well, I think that that's already kind of been able to happen, both because of beacons and, and honestly, rewards cards, right? Because as, as long as they've been doing the rewards cards, they know everything you buy, and, and you opt into that to save your, you know, two dollars or whatever. Which is why a fun fact is to to give a, a dummy address and phone number uh, to those things, but they track all of your purchasing data that way. I think the more interesting thing would be. I think um, they would know like walking patterns. You, yeah. When you mentioned mm-hmm. that, like that would actually be interesting. I think from a lot of levels. I mean, I think it would make optimization really good. I'm actually not creeped out by this aspect. Weirdly, I think this would be fine <laughs> because no, think about it. Like to get your foot traffic patterns, if they know people who buy these items tend to yeah. go in this order and they yes. tend to go here, you could then plan better. What sort of products should we then advertise? Is there a better route that could be more efficient, or is there a better way to advertise things? Like already, how grocery stores. Are run, especially big ones, is they do that sort of stuff where they, you know, cereals, kids' cereals are on the bottom shelf because they're at eye level with children. You know, you have certain items grouped together because they tend to go a long way. You have certain items further apart because you want people to go through the store and find other things and, and then and then buy it. Um, you know, Walmart, um, it, w- there, there was a documentary that, that CNBC did a number of years ago um, uh, about Walmart and it's fascinating and they like basically, like Walmart has their supply chain like figured out where they know that if there is like the like, flooding or like like natural sort of disasters or whatever that like um demand for strawberry pop tarts goes through the roof huh. so they know that when certain weather patterns are happening they need to ship more strawberry strawberry pop tarts to those stores that's so, wild which is crazy right but it's awesome i mean i i i'm both I, I get a little bit weirded out and then I actually think about it. I'm like, I actually love the science behind that. I actually think it's genius. Yeah. So in some ways, I think that having that data could be really good if you were building like the ultimate grocery store. Um, but obviously there, you know, there would be privacy things. I guess I'm less lax on that just because, like I said, the loyalty cards already know everything you buy. Yeah, but I don't know if I want Amazon knowing that I bought my foot fungus cream and cantaloupe. <laughs> like unless they can then aggregate that and find out like a cure – 
like cantaloupes cause like you know foot fungus or something like that. But, but like, I mean, I mean, they can uh, use it uh, for good. I'm like okay with it. But L- L- Lacey Donahue, former um, uh, deputy executive editor of the Gizmodo Media Group, and and before that she was at Jezebel and, and Gawker and other places. She's um, now at um, at another um, uh, media company. She wrote a great uh, piece for uh, for uh, it was Gawker or Jezebel, uh, basically going through her Amazon purchases during her 20s. Oh. And showing everything that she purchased, like she shared like all oh, the purchase data. Oh, that's a good data. idea. Wow. It's fantastic. It's so good. We're going to link it in the show notes. Um and and you know, so I don't know. I I I hear what you're saying completely, George. I'm not discounting that. I just I guess I'm at the point I'm kind of like Lacey where I've bought so many personal things from amazon.com that i'm like yeah you know what you you, you know about my fo- you know way more like way worse things than my we're best like, I've friends already jeff bezos you are, so right. you've seen the most right. you you know stuff you know like it's fine yeah so to turn i guess the tide completely i have a, a totally unrelated complaint which is why is everything either called go or now or yeah. Like, oh my God, come up. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know these are good words. They're short words. They're recognizable words. Stop. <laughs> it's driving me mad. Amazon Go, Amazon, like, I guess they already have Amazon Fresh, so that's for the yeah, delivery. Amazon Fresh, and HBO Go, now. HBO well, Now. And, uh, yes, okay, that, that's so true because there's Amazon Go, there's Amazon Prime, there's Prime Now, there's HBO Now, there's, there's Go you know, there's HBO. Yeah, go oh, and now. Are it needs weird. to stop. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm banning these words. We need to find something else. I, they're good words. I acknowledge it. The products that exist can stay. We are not allowed to create any more services called Prime Now or Go. Like, that's just the the rules. I'm sorry. That's what I've come up with. Figure your shit out, everyone. So, I don't think we're gonna have any new product names week? now. <laughs> Georgia, what are you up to this week? Um, uh, what am I, I didn't think I was going to be actually asked that. I'd prepared all the other ones. This one is throwing me for loop. Um, so, um, yeah, podcasting stuff. I wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm going to be doing twit and, um, disruption and the, I'm sure we're doing the end of the year kind of fun stuff and lots and lots of therapy because it's the holiday season and it's rough on a lot of people. Hmm. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, that's intense. Chris. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Christina, what about you? Um, yeah, so I, I'm just writing stuff for the Gizmodo, and um, I've got um, – I don't think it'll be up this week, but I, I'm working on kind of a how to build your own retro um, mini Super Nintendo. Um, that'll be next week, so that's cool, using a Raspberry Pi and oh, and, and, uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, I've also got kind of a, a, a showdown between the best 13-inch laptops uh, <gasps> on the market, and so that that will be up this week. And uh, just uh, yeah, that's a, that's about it. Nice. What uh, about you? I'm doing a billion thousand things. Primarily, mm-hmm. I am editing uh, a book that I should have finished uh, editing on Monday. Um, what is the book about? It is is a fairy murder mystery set in the Pacific Ooh, Northwest about This sounds uh, great. Thank you. It's actually it actually is great now that I've edited it. Um <laughs> no, I just I had the worst writer's block like all through November and now I'm kicking myself. I've been like staying up till five in the morning just trying to get this thing done. Um <laughs> and today <laughs> Today I slept. I I don't really know what happened actually, but I woke up and it was eleven, 
which is not the time that I should be in bed. It's the time where I should have been at work. And I think what happened is that my curtain rod fell down during the night. And I did not remember this because <laughs> I woke up and I looked and the curtain rod had fallen. And I was like, what? I didn't hear that. But now I remember in retrospect, I did hear it. I heard a big bang. And then I picked up my phone because I thought that it was my alarm that had made the bang. And I was like, I don't want that to happen again. And then... I think I must have turned off my alarm in my sleep because <laughs> I uh, I woke up at eleven and um my ro- my curtain was all over the windowsill and and it, it it gets even deeper because I came home today and the curtain has ends on it that screw off uh that you know push into the the walls and one of them was like lying on the curtain and I could not find the other and I could not find the other and then eventually I found it in my bed so it must wait, have fallen on me wait this like no, chunk this, of metal this does no there's there might you might you might need to just burn the entire place down yeah I think ghosts that, right it's definitely yeah, ghosts okay yeah Okay, well, I have to go then in that case because I have to call an exorcist really quick. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird week, guys. Uh, Georgia, where can we find you online? So if you're uh, dealing with anxiety or depression, you can check out anxiety-videos.com. And if not, you can check me out on Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow. Anxiety-videos.com. That's a great resource to have. Thank you so much. Christina, what about you? Uh, well, you can find me on uh, the, the Twitters, the Instagrams. The Snapchats with my spectacles, ah. and uh, I know oh, you have your snap spectacles. I do. I'm I'm Ooh. such a liar. I I I on our on our last show um or, or two shows ago, I claimed that I would never wait in line for them, didn't I, Simone? <laughs> you, you did say something. Long, to that and then effect. when you when how long till you actually did wait in line? Oh, it was like ten days, and <laughs> and then and I was like, there's no way I'm going to wait in line for hours for these things. In right, fact, I even right. made fun of people who did wait in line for hours, and 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 made fun of people who shared their experience on social media. Oh, I'll never do that. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to last Thursday. Cut to last Thursday where I'm in line for five hours. Oh, my God. Of, oh, no. Five hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. are they from, worth from, from, five hours? No, I should have just <laughs> bought them on Craigslist and paid uh, more than double the price. Honestly, uh, I should have just paid the $260 on Craigslist for, for, a, for a pair. Uh, that would have been a better use of my time. Um, they're cool. Uh, I... I <laughs> I hate myself. I, I wrote a whole uh, story for, for Gizmodo about the, the the hellscape that is five hours in line for spectacles, uh, where I uh, basically laid out the entire process. Um, I'll put we'll put that link in the show. Oh yeah, I'm looking actually, that up it's, right now. It, it's, it's a <laughs> yep, it's, it's a right really there. good essay. It's, it's a really good essay. I actually would love you both to read it. Uh, it's probably the most me thing I've written um, since I've been at Gizmodo. Oh, can't wait. And uh, and uh, and I, I chronicled the experience thusly. But yeah, so you, you can find me on all those on all those platforms, including. Snapchat with my spectacles at film underscore girl and you can find my writing including my uh you know time waiting in line for spectacles of my own volition um at gizmodo amazing thank you for listening to this episode of rocket if you liked it please leave us a review on itunes so we can be happy and sleep well without ghosts in our homes uh (laughs) this episode is terminated terminated Georgia say terminated. 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 Hundred shows. Hundred shows. Hundred shows. Hundred shows.